The book of Psalms, starting with 115. This psalm starts out worshiping the Lord. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give the glory. Because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. So, again, a wonderful way to start start our day, start our prayer, is to worship the Lord. That's always the beginning of opening ourselves up to learn from him, to know him. Just start by worshiping him. He is loving kindness and he is truth. Uh, But then he starts to look at the other nations around. Where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. So he's going to kind of contrast God with the idols of all the different nations around them. And I always think it's important. I mean, there's people, if you go in India, India is a nation filled with these exact kind of idols that were common all over the world thousands of years ago. Um, you know, Christianity basically transformed the a large part of the world so that uh, idols aren't common in the West anymore. I think they're still common in African uh, type uh, shamanism. Uh, they're definitely super prevalent in India. You know, in any Buddhist countries, you see Buddhas everywhere. And, and of course, they've been creeping into this country. We've, I know we've got one on our cul-de-sac, one of the houses here. Um, so they're still around, but they're not as prevalent. But an idol of the heart is prevalent in all of us. And so when we think, what are the things that we hold dear in our heart that really we're we're worshiping that thing? We we abide by that thing. And in that area, we're not really willing to hear from the Lord. We hold that area up as really important. And we always make sure we carve out time in our either our days or weeks or whatever, or maybe our year to make that thing important. And uh, that's always, whenever we see idols mentioned, because they are mentioned a lot in the uh, Old Testament, it's important not just to think, oh, these silly old people with their idols, but to realize that we hold idols in our heart and to examine ourselves. I often give the example, and I'll give it again, because it's really the main one in in my life where I'm not 100% given over to the Lord is uh is longhorn sports in general and football in particular um i went to university of texas and i love the longhorns and unless i'm fasting from this which i do from time to time um i read about them every single day and um you might say that's you know Wes. That's there's only a four month season of football. How do you read about it every day? <laughs> well, for people who <laughs> who make an idol out of it or called fanatics fans, uh, there are websites where you can pay them money and read about the inner workings of the program and the seniors and the juniors and the sophomores and the freshmen in high school that may someday be Longhorns. There is. Stuff you can read about every day, and I do. And um, 
And so I have to look to my, I've pulled way back on that because I just realized, look, I'm giving too much attention in my life. I haven't, um, I haven't quit it. If, you know, if I, if I feel like the Lord is saying that I need to stop it, then I will stop it. Because if it comes down to, it's a really black or white question, um, you know, do you choose this or the Lord? Well, I'm going to choose the Lord. Um, I, I haven't felt like I need to absolutely quit that. Um, I have felt like I need to keep that in a balance. You know, the, the Lord wants us to enjoy this life so long as it's an enjoyment and not, you know, it's not getting in the way of worshiping him. But that is something I have to continually look at and say, am I worshiping this thing or is it just an amusement? Um, and I think that's for all of us. We all have those things. That's my thing. That's not most people's thing. That's just my thing. Um, you know, what is your thing? So the psalmist, you know, just analyzes these idols that these other nations are looking at. And then he, and then he uh, turns to Israel. He says, Israel, trust in the Lord. He is, I don't know why he says there. He is your help and your shield. O house of Aaron. Trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is your help and your shield. I don't, again, I don't know why I'm saying there. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord. It's an interesting separation or distinction he's making. So the house of Israel is all the people of God. The house of Aaron is the priesthood. And then he, especially the one he puts on top, are those who fear the Lord. So I would say these these are a higher class than just being the priesthood. The priesthood of Aaron, I mean, it just mattered. You were born into it. So you might not care about the Lord, but your dad was a priest, so you're a priest. Um, here he's making a distinction of those who are not only priests, but those who fear the Lord. And that's one reason the Lord has done away with, um, you know, the the bloodline, um, the bloodline priesthood. It's not about the the Levitical priesthood, or you know, Aaron was was a Levite, and he so the priests or the sons of Aaron who are special Levites because they're sons of Aaron. Um, so, but if you weren't a son of Levi then you weren't, obviously you weren't a son of Aaron if you're not a son of Levi. And so if you're not a son of Levi, you're, you're not a Levite, you're not a priest. And so you can't be that. Um, but if you are that and you don't really fear the Lord, well, you're still that. And if you really fear the Lord, now God did use many prophets in the Old Testament that were not Levites. Um, so he did not, there's a distinction between prophet and priest. But the priests who served at the temple were in a bloodline priesthood. And sometimes they did not fear the Lord. And so the Lord has done away with that kind of bloodline. The bloodline now comes through the blood of Christ and it is available to everyone. But the requirement is that we fear the Lord and follow him, lay our lives down to him, that we are a living sacrifice unto him.
And for those, for us, the small together with the great, may the Lord give you increase. You and your children, may you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever. Praise the Lord. And then we will move on to Psalm 116, where he starts by loving the Lord and, and rejoicing because he hears the psalmist's supplications. He hears his prayers. He's inclined, God has inclined his ear to the psalmist. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. And this is a great psalm whenever we go through difficult times because it helps us to remember he is there. He is hearing us. And you see here, the cords of death encompassed me. The terrors of Sheol came upon me. Sheol's maybe like hell or maybe something different. It's not totally clear in the scripture. But, uh, yeah, the, the terrors of it <laughs> had encompassed him. I found distress and sorrow. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. So Sheol, it's, it's kind of like the netherworld, the... Uh, you know, I I don't I don't have a perfect understanding of of what that is. It's not exactly hell, but it's yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's another world. It's not a good place, <laughs> so it's close enough. We can kind of put it in that category. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. O Lord, I beseech you, save my life. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is compassionate. The Lord preserves the simple. So it's actually the life, it can seem complicated. There's this giant book, and it seems like it's full of giant rules. But really, it is a simple thing to totally give our will over to the Lord. Now, simple is not the same as easy, because the world has strong holds on us. And when we come to the Lord, we're usually entangled in all kinds of stuff that has to be untangled. Um, so it's not easy necessarily to get out of those entanglements, but it is simple. It's saying, you know what, Lord, I want your way above everything else. Help me remove myself from these other entanglements. Yes, our God is compassionate. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have rescued my soul from death. Here the, the psalmist understands, like, what can I even give the Lord? Like, everything is his. What, I'm, I'm nothing. What can I give the Lord? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I shall pay my vows to the Lord. Oh, may it be in the presence of all his people. So he's just committing himself to the Lord. And there's nothing more precious in the sight of the Lord than that. Precious is the sight of the Lord is the death of his godly ones. When we die to ourselves... This is precious to God. This is what we can give back to God. O oh Lord, surely I'm your servant. In the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O oh Jerusalem, praise the Lord. And then we're on to 117. This one can be an exhausting read, but bear with it. Really focus. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> Praise the Lord, all nations. Laud him, all peoples, for his loving kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. Uh, he is good. Thank you, Lord. I don't have much to say about that. And we are on to 118. 
I'm switching over to the ESV version for this because I just like that the NASB is normally what I read and it is the most accurate word for word. Um, but sometimes other versions give a nicer turn of phrase. And so ESV is my go-to for being very accurate, but being a little looser on making the English flow a little better. And uh, I just like this, His Love Endures Forever version. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, His steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, His steadfast love endures forever. So he's going through the different people. Let those who fear the Lord say, His steadfast love endures forever. Um, you know, again, we, we already kind of went through this progression, but that he, the psalmist is praying that all the people of God, and then going up through the hierarchy of those who really serve and love the God, that they fear the Lord and know his love endures forever. In verse 5, he was in distress. He called on the Lord. The Lord answered and set him free. He said, if the Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can man do to me? And that's a powerful truth that we need to know. If the Lord is on our side, who can do anything to us? Anything that we go through is, if we are committed to the Lord, anything we go through, the Lord is allowing it for our benefit. If we have that perspective, then we stop fearing things. We stop worrying about things. Because we know the Lord is on my side. The Lord is only on my side when we have committed ourselves to being on his side. But when we do, he moves heaven and earth for our benefit. Now, again, he, he disciplines us. So we might need to go through some difficult time. Pretty much everyone does need to go through some difficult times in order to um, be made perfect. Jesus said, be perfect as I am perfect. Scripture says Jesus was made perfect through suffering, which is the discipline of the Lord. If Jesus, who was born without sin, he was not born a son of Adam, needed to be disciplined into perfection, you can bet you and I need to be disciplined into perfection. So that those things happen. It's not like it's not this modern idea of peaceful, easy living is is the grace of the Lord. The Lord wants to make us perfect. And that perfection is a life fully in him, committed to him, and flowing with his wisdom, his love, his truth. And he will bring all that to us. And when things come against us, because the enemy does constantly come against us, he will never allow anything to come against us that is not for our good. And he will bring about everything for our good. And anything that tries to come against us that is not ultimately for our good, he will overcome for us because he is mightier than all. Who, who shall I fear? What, man, what can man do to me? The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord exalts. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. So he's, he's rejoicing in the blessing of the Lord. But he does acknowledge, as I just mentioned, the Lord has disciplined me severely, but he has not given me over to death. 
Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. We want these gates of righteousness open for us, and he is opening for us. He provides a way that we can come to him. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me, and you have become my salvation. So 22 is the verse that Peter quoted when he was... uh, he was admonishing the Jewish leaders because they had um, they had um, killed Jesus, um, crucified. Sorry, I couldn't come up with the word crucify for a minute. They had crucified and killed Jesus, and um, and so Peter is reminding them of what he did and of the scripture that talked about the fact that they would do this. He said, the stone that the builders rejected has become this cornerstone. Jesus is the cornerstone of the temple of God. We are foundation stones. He is laying that he can build a mighty temple that houses all of his glory for all of creation to know. Um, and he's, he's continuing to lay these out. So each one of us is living stones. The cornerstone, when you build a building, you have to start with a cornerstone. Everything else goes from there. Um, you don't just randomly start throwing stones in the ground. You would you would not have a good building if you did it that way. You, you have to have a plan, and it has to start somewhere. So it starts with the cornerstone. Um, you know, I think modern days, they uh, they lay cement, so it's not quite the same. But I think it, and I'm not a construction guy, but... If I had to guess, I bet it still is the same. It's just different because I think they put pegs in the ground and they make a, uh, you know, they, I think they kind of dig down and they, they have to make the square area that they're going to lay the cement in. And I bet they start with, okay, where do the corners go? Just logically, that's how they have to start making a building, right? And so they put a peg in the ground and I think they build a little plastic wall or something that somehow they create an area where the where the concrete's going to fill and go up. I know the sides of my house, there's concrete that kind of goes up out of the ground. Um, so something had to hold that. And so I think they use the wood pegs and they put in a sheet of plastic or something that uh, holds the cement in and then they pour the cement. So it's the same concept. They have to start with a corner. And so Jesus is the cornerstone This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We bless you from the house of the Lord. So again, these things, who comes in the name of the Lord? It's not just Jesus. It's all those sent by God, trained up by God to know him, to know his ways, and sent by him. Those are those sent by the Lord. The Lord is good, and he has made his light to shine upon us. Bind the festal sacrifice with cords up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Thank you, Lord. And I think that's it for the day. And I think tomorrow might be the longest psalm, longest chapter in the Bible. And I'll see you then. God bless you.